0: Let's go back to a Go Lite original. Go out, out, go out.
1: Andy came to Shawshank prison in 1947. Why'd
2: you do it? I didn't, since you ask.
0: <laughs> you, you gonna fit right in.
2: There are places in the world that aren't made out of stone. There's something inside that they can't touch. Hope can grab a man insane. You better be sick or dead and there, I kid you not! I guess it comes down to a simple choice, really.
0: You get busy living, you get busy dying. Hello and welcome to Let's Go Back to the Shawshank Redemption. My name is Owen G, and every week, myself and Sue Murphy go back and watch a film or television show that has a particular meaning for that week's special guest. This week, we are delighted to be joined by Andrea Gilligan, host of News Talks, Lunchtime Live. Andrea, what is the crack?
1: Good, not too bad. All good here in, uh, in Marconi House in Dublin, just living the, uh, the COVID life, you know.
0: <laughs> if, if you're joining us for the first time on this, you might have missed Jess Kelly a couple of weeks ago. She warned us that she knew nothing about films and then happened to blow <laughs> us away with her incredible knowledge about that one film that she was talking about. You have given us the same warning, Andrea, as so we're expecting big things about Shawshank. <laughs>
1: Yeah, just uh, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't expect to be so blown away, though. by My, uh, my, my in-depth knowledge. I feel like I, I should never have said that. I know I'm, I'm, I'm expecting to uh, to know a huge amount, but um, no, I have to. I have to be really straight with you, like. Movies and movies and film and music isn't um wouldn't I wouldn't be well known for my my uh love of or knowledge of um in actual fact I'm probably would be better known for my lack of knowledge around both <laughs> topics, um but I do have a couple of different genres of either like music or film um that I really like and when I really like something I'm massively into it but if I if it doesn't fall in the into the categories of what I like.
0: Um, I have absolutely zero interest. <laughs> I'm Shaw- not
1: great at broadening my appeal, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Like, I mean, I think I think most of us are the same, you know? We, ha- we have what we like. So what, what is it about Shawshank that appeals to you then?
1: So for me, like, if somebody was to describe Shawshank Redemption to me now in 2021, it has all the hall- hallmarks of everything that I like in, in a good movie. It's kind of, it's crime related, it's legal drama, it's um you know to do with the prison service it's everything I like in in a good drama film or movie but the thing about Shawshank Redemption is that it's actually totally different because if I was to sit here and tell you today that you know right this is a story about a guy who gets arrested and he he ends up in prison and it's kind of follows his whole life and in during his custodial sentence you probably have in your mind a little bit of like you know orange and black on, on, on Netflix or you know the usual kind of prison movies that you watch where it's all a lot of violence and um, you know a lot of kind of just that whole you know macho theme like that you'd get throughout those kind of movies but it's not it's not about that at all it's totally different it's a movie about loyalty and friendship and the really kind of bizarre relationship that strikes up between um the two sort of main main characters and it's it's kind of anything but the usual like prison you know murder related film and I think for me that's kind of I don't know not that it challenged me but like you know, on the outset now, as I'm describing it to you, maybe not all that well, it probably isn't something I'd have been interested in, but I loved it. Um, I absolutely loved this movie. And I remember, I saw it quite early on. Um, it's one of the movies I, ha- I have a pretty distinct memory of watching because I watched it with my dad and he was really interested in in wanting to see it. Um, and I have a feeling it might have been maybe in first year in school. So that would have been in like 1997, I think I first saw it. um, But... We've watched it, we watched it on numerous occasions and, and not sometimes deliberately, like sometimes by accident, it might just be on and you'd watch it or, you know, in, in more recent years, we might just stick it on and, you know, and, and watch it back if we were looking for something on a Saturday night to watch. But it, I don't know, I think when you watch it over the years in later life, there's a lot more that, that comes up in the film, you know, that I, I may not have seen as a young kind of 12 or a 13 year old, obviously. But, um, but yeah, for me, it's probably one of my
0: go to kind of films. You've touched on a lot of the things that we like to ask at the top here about when the first time uh, you watched it was, what the reason was, your impressions and how it changes over time. Can we just stick with that first moment? Yeah. Then? you actually remember it and, I don't know, how you felt or, or, or what this movie did to you and, and how it spoke to you, I guess, when you saw it for the first time in the late 90s?
1: You see, for me, I think at the time watching it, it was probably like, you know, you had a white man and a black man. And my memory of watching those films, you know, probably in the the kind of the mid 90s would have been like it was really weird. My parents used to let me watch movies with them. Um, I suppose then I was probably 12 or 13 maybe it was a bit different but I remember watching loads of different soaps and stuff with my parents down through the years another one actually about prisons that I used to watch with my mum A drama series called Prisoner uh, that was um, an Australian based program and I remember like I suppose I probably thought it would be quite like that or other movies I would have watched would have been more about the, the the difference in the relationship between you know um, it would be black and white people in the states And then this sort of was this mad contrast of how you have this, you know, really well-to-do kind of wealthy white banker who is accused of murdering his wife, and that sort of plot plays out through the obviously the entire film. But it's more to do with kind of the, you know, the it's probably while watching the relationship develop between um, uh, Andy Dufresne and and Morgan Freeman in, in World Red in the show that kind of I think when you watch it when you're older it's a little bit like. For me, kind of what strikes me now in more recent years is the loyalty part of it. And I think maybe as obviously a child or a young teenager, I, I didn't really see that growing up, you know, um, but yeah. yeah.
0: That's, that's interesting. Sue, I'm actually interested to get your perspective on it, because if you're coming at it from the perspective, Andrea, of somebody who uh, maybe doesn't watch a, or maybe doesn't have as much of a film buff background to say Sue Murphy has here. That's me. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Jesus, I'm <interested> that's exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested in your take on on Shawshank in general, before re-watching it this week, about where it stands in, in your pantheon of great movies, because it is the number one rated film in IMDb of all time. It is considered by so many people to be the greatest film of all time. Is there a snobbery about it that exists because everybody considers it to be the best film of all time?
2: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Like. When you think about how much, I think we were talking about this before, Shawshank made like 58 million at the box office when it came out. There wasn't a massive marketing thing about, actually the film that was up against it was Speed. Right. That cleared out the box office. So I like, really like that too. <laughs> <laughs> I did it another time, no time. Love Speed. <laughs> like, are such different films. And I think Forrest Gump was up against it in terms of Oscars, that kind of thing. So you had a lot of... Um, dramas that were around at the time that were kind of heartfelt dramas that I think people were just a bit like oh here's another one but there's something about the Shawshank Redemption I think that makes it so rewatchable like you can go back and watch it over and over again any parts of it like any time you, you come across it it's just very easy to watch and I think critically over the years people have changed their perception of it like the empire used to publish this thing where they talked about like the really bad reviews that they give of films and they'd be like look we gave this five stars and it was absolute shite we don't know what we were thinking and i think that's going kind to of happen to its Shawshank over the years people have come back to it and gone Do you know what this is actually really well written there's a really good main character it's a good story and they they developed the book really well and on top of that, you have the word of mouth that's happening with people where you're just like, have you seen that film, Shawshank Redemption? It's so good. Like, the end of it's brilliant. Like, that that was happening at the same time. And it's amazing. I don't know of any other film, really, that's had the same... The only one I could really think of when I think about it was Little Miss Sunshine that had the same kind of, like, drive from people talking about it. But right. it's... I definitely think it's just one of those ones that people have reconsidered over the years, definitely critically, anyway.
0: When I think of Shawshank, I think of gea players because it is the thing that is beside any gea player and they're asked for their favorite movie shawshank redemption is really? always the one that they say yeah. and I, I don't know why like i mean is, is anybody willing to offer a hypothesis for why that is what what is it about the shawshank redemption that that speaks to gea players
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's that plan where he gets out yeah. you know he, gets, he gets <laughs> the tunnel
2: at the end
0: the tactics that, that's uh,
2: tactics. <laughs> Managerial tactics. That's
0: what it is. <laughs> I, I that, that's kind of the one thing that always strikes me about this is that that it is so unbelievably loved. And I, I just, I think there's probably this, this uh, underlying current when people watch it now, where it's like, oh, everybody thinks this is great. But, yeah. I don't know, I haven't seen this, like, I've, I'll hold my hands up here and say, I've only ever seen Shawshank Redemption twice, and the first time I saw it was in 2014, I remember when I first watched it, and I wasn't blown away by it, uh, but I think it was to do with the fact that this has to be the best movie of all time, now that I'm watching it, now that everybody has come to this consensus 20 years later that it's the best movie of all time, uh, on rewatch though, I loved it, I absolutely loved it, I really enjoyed just it's kind of even hard to put your finger on why exactly it's so watchable when there's a lot of it that is almost cliche because every line is quotable every line is so well known and it's recycled time and time again uh, like without ever seeing it once you can almost tell what happens just by scrolling through memes on social media down through the years but it is such a a brilliant rewatch. And I think it comes down to just that theme of loyalty that you mentioned there, Andrea, the the two main characters, a a brilliant Morgan Freeman uh, uh, and the the narration throughout, which is something that I don't love. I don't love a narrator in a movie, but something Mm. that works so well in this. And it just draws you in so easily.
1: It's funny when you say that because, I actually don't like films that are narrated either. I, I tend, like, I, I hated in Sex and the City, for instance. Not a great comparison, Sex and the City and Shawshank Redemption. But I, I didn't like the start of the series when, like, Carrie Bradshaw used to narrate the the entire um programme. But, so, like, that's why, for, for me, there's some parts of this that, you know, I kind of would think, oh, I'd have no interest now in this. Um, But there's also something that's quite simplistic, I think, about the plot as well of the movie. Like, it's... um. Just, I think there's so few. There's a couple of really, really, really good like scenes in it that I, you know, obviously we mentioned there the one about digging out the tunnel and when he comes out in the the drain of shit and like there's all of these really like just you know very quotable like scenes and lines from the movie. But just I, I don't know what it is. There's a kind of a in something that should be really depressing and really sad. There's something quite positive and uplifting, I think, about the whole yeah. movie as well. Um, and I, I always really like the parts about um, the rehabilitation element to the movie. You know, the fact that when you have the like, of, you know, Morgan Freeman is going in and he's, he's obviously coming up for his parole and he's, you know, pitching his case. And like, for me, there's kind of an interest in the just to get an insight into how that might work. <laughs> mm. You know, and you go and you pitch your case to to be paroled and and kind of the year that he nearly doesn't give a shit about it, he you know, he he ends up getting it and, and like the actual understanding of how rehabilitation works maybe in later life when I you know, maybe would have looked into that through through work and would have done a lot of stuff on rehabilitation with the prison service and stuff that you know, I it's kind of I don't know, maybe it was just because that was my first exposure to something like that at kind of a, a younger age that so I, I just found it always quite interesting. That's, yeah
2: that's, i i think the ga thing as well the other thing i was going to say was it's a love story it's a love story between two guys and, and <laughs> tim robbins has said that so many times that he thinks it's a non-sexual love story between two friends and something else because I, I was talking to one of my friends about it and i went what is it about it like that men likes so it what He's because it allows men cry and i was like oh it's, right it's okay <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like I didn't think of it like that and it's like yeah like men aren't going to like cry about their friendships like but that allows you to cry and think about the important and there is like think about it like at that time there wasn't a lot of films that would have dealt with that like romance yeah like it, that was definitely a more recent thing but yeah maybe that's the appeal for GA players that they can openly cry
0: <laughs> yeah, like it, well, it's it's really interesting that that sort of I, I, I don't know that, that conduit of being able to uh, communicate on an emotional level from one male to another is uh, is something that is that is done quite well throughout, and is something that maybe I don't know maybe maybe speaks to your your classic G A player who picks this up um, so much. Like it, it is interesting as well what what Andrea says there about the prison system and what that said to her about the prison system and what that says to you about it. Like. I always find it fascinating that this seems to be the inverse of society a little bit, what we see within Shawshank, that we can see quite clearly the people running the prison are evil individuals. They are the bad guys in it. The the, the warden and the guards are the evil people in the movie. The prisoners, the criminals are almost the, the good guys throughout. The society that exists within the movie, within the prison, I should say, is almost like a better version of society than real life is. I mean, you have Morgan Freeman, a man living, uh, a black man living in 1940s America, who is the king of the castle when it comes to Shawshank. Arguably a better life for him inside the prison than might exist for him in the United States outside of the prison. I always find that uh, interesting and, and how, with a few obvious examples, there is... I guess, a a placid nature to the way uh, the individuals within the prison uh, organize themselves and and, and, uh, interact with one another. Um, The one thing, Andrea, that we need to do here, and this is really important, Mm. Sue Sue Murphy has put together a diary of watching this movie. So there are a a number of uh, emotional moments in this movie that get to us all, I think. And uh, Sue has kept a log. Oh, oh, when, when she was moved to tears.
1: You're not going to quiz me now or something, are you? No, I'm no, really bad at quizzes too.
2: No, <laughs> no I was just like because I said to I, I said to Owen we were talking about this first because you said Shawshank I was like oh no I'll never get through this without, like crying because like Shawshank just makes me cry so much because really? think so yeah I think it's just so I actually strange. found it I I find
1: it kind of I don't want to say happy but like. <laughs> definitely more
2: uplifting than I found it emotional life. yeah but I, d- I definitely think that what I was saying to Owen is that it's nearly like childbirth like when you get to the end of it and he's redeemed you're like oh I've forgotten all of the stuff that happened before and now he's <laughs> yeah. out it doesn't
0: really matter
2: <laughs> like can like you think about the stuff like so I've made my list my list is all the times I've cried and I think of seven times I cried right Wow. the beer scene I just oh, love yeah. the beer scene on ta- like that just makes me like that he sits in the corner he doesn't even take the beer himself doesn't even want to drink just wants his pals to have it and i'm gone like the friendship part. It's so lovely absolutely lovely um andy gets back after being beaten half to death do you know when they like leave yeah. the present oh, for him? Yeah. no no never get past that scene without crying i just think it's so emotional <laughs> um andy do you, uh, when andy gets the books When they all come in and he's just like the guards are so delighted with him. They're like, "Well done! You better get this out of here!" Like, and I just love that scene. I think it's so lovely.
0: What? 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 what, what, Which part is this now? When they get the delivery and they finally got back to his letters.
2: Yeah, they and he gets the boxes of books into the reception and he has to get rid of them really, really quickly. But I just love how delighted he is that he achieved something. I just like his face, his little face. (laughs) Um. The prison library when they start working on that together and like oh and you need an assistant and all that kind of, I just love all of that like camaraderie and like it's very funny when you think about it that the, the criminals uh, are the the prison guards not actually the criminals like you're rooting for the the prisoners all the way through this yeah like it's so I just I love that the kid passing when they leave the message into. When they get the message into him when he's in solitary confinement and he goes, oh, the kid passed. C plus average. Thought you might like to know. And his face. And you're just like, oh, no. And you know, if you've rewatched it, you know what's going to happen to the cage, And you're like, this is awful. Like, he's after doing so well. And now he's going to be killed. Yeah. <laughs> and. I told you. <laughs> and then Brooks is the, oh, uh, the Brooks scene kills me. Like, when, like, I just, like, every time I rewatch that, you know when you get to at a certain point in film, you've seen it so many times, you are like, I just want to pause it here so that Brooks does not leave the prison. And he's fine, and he's just with Jake, and everything is grand, and I don't have to think about it anymore. But the second he leaves, and everything he's trying to deal with, you're just like, no, I can't. This is so, so sad. And it's, you, it's that
0: sorry go for it Andrea
1: yeah no I was just gonna say it brings up as well and like I always remember my dad kind of saying this to me too it brings up a really interesting conversation about like being institutionalized and like the power of that and the loneliness and like the emptiness outside that you've got these you know like these men in prison that actually don't even want to leave because that's their life and it's all they know and they don't know any better and there's nothing for them and probably the feeling of nobody wanting them or caring for them on the outside, that there, there's a sense of people know you and you belong to something. And, like, I remember we used to often have conversations about, um, about that and about being institutionalised. And, like, in a really, really, really weird random comparison, at the time when I was watching this, I was... Um, one of the times I was actually starting in boarding school, and I remember my dad used to kind of slag me, and he used to always say, "Like, don't say to you 'You're this is going to be like Shawshank Redemption. You you not want to leave the school. Like, you're going to be so institutionalized because you'll have lived there and you eat there, and you're friends with everyone there, and it's all you know.' And like, so it was like, obviously, it was nothing like that, but you know what I mean? Kind
2: of you were breaking out in the
1: middle of the night or anything like yeah. that. No, no. he used to always have this. Um, you know, because initially, I suppose, years ago in boarding schools, when you wouldn't have been allowed to, like, go home every weekend, and, and we um we wouldn't have been home every weekend either. But he used to always, like, we used to have this nearly, Shawshank Redemption nearly became this, like, point of reference for sort of comedy, like where <laughs> we kind of refer to it as, you know, my, my <laughs> anti moment of, am I breaking out this weekend and going home? You know, and it, it was kind of, it's kind of mad, like, but we yeah, just, that was a, another point that I suppose I wanted to mention was just about the whole idea of being institutionalized. And like, I wonder how common that is. I imagine probably more so back then, but like, you know, you imagine that there probably is a bit of that still in, in kind of society today mm-hmm. as well, which, you know, when you see it been played out like that, it's obviously, obviously very sad too, you know. Just to add to your list there of emotional moments <laughs> yeah. too, I thought I'd offer that. Well, well like, we, it's
2: grim, like, it's just so grim from, like, until he gets out, it's grim.
0: Yeah. Like, to like, be fair. It, it absolutely is. I, by the way, Sue, I've got six, did you read out six um, uh, moments yeah, of fear? Like, you're missing one here, uh, Sorry
2: sorry my Andy doing the stock take so when he says okay. when he says um red i just passed over by accident when he says um and then he needed an assistant and the camera pulls back and red's sitting in the next room and he's got his little desk and the two of them were like buddies i can't <laughs> deal with it like anything like that like old men being friends i'm gone yeah. like <laughs> um there's
0: no lo- there's loads there there's this list i mean we need to we need to publish and, and get out the, the, yeah. the- Seven deadly moments of the Shawshank Redemption. Like, I, I do think that the Brooks moment is up there as the most heartbreaking scene in yeah. cinema ever. The only thing that can hold a candle to it is the opening montage of Up, uh, which obviously can do it with literal animation. They literally have to draw a man as old and cute and sweet as this guy in Shawshank Redemption. To do this in a non-animated, in a live-action movie is an achievement. And oh, it's just absolutely heart-wrenching. I, I would challenge anybody come up with a more heartbreaking moment than, than that Brooks scene. And they also drag mm-hmm. it out for, what is it, six, seven minutes? Like that could have been done in two minutes. But they're like, now nah, we're going to absolutely torture the audience here with this and, and everybody's heart comes away broken. Um, it's, it's also really interesting what you said there about being institutionalized, Andrea, because this is, it, sometimes I find it hard to like find a, a connection between real life and a movie about people being imprisoned in the middle of the 20th century. But it is kind of weird rewatching this during lockdown and that idea of not becoming institutionalized, but sort of semi-Stockholm syndrome that people might be experiencing yeah. the world at the moment. Like say if lockdown gets ended tomorrow in Ireland and people who've been stuck at home for 12 months are told, all right, go back to, to normal life. Of course, it'd be great. But I presume every single person will be like, oh, I'm a little bit nervous about this. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit uneasy about actually stepping mm. back out. And there was just an air of that about listening to Morgan Freeman, listening to Red talk about his experience of thinking about freedom again.
1: I completely agree with you. And I think even watching that film now, rewatching it like you know, now this year or even in two thousand and twenty, it totally strikes up that. And particularly if you're somebody who's living on your own and you're working at home. Like there's absolutely I know that's a conversation I'm having with my own friends at the moment where it's like, Jesus, I'm I'm living in an apartment or I'm renting a place on my Todd and I'm not in the office, and I, I literally have not seen a coworker in, you know, the guts of maybe 12, 13 months for some of my friends, and there's a little bit of anxiety around, like, uh, social interaction again, and what that's going to be like with people, and striking up conversation, and even I have friends who are, you know, some of my friends chatting, and they're single, and they're like, how do you even talk to people, you know, on the outside <laughs> again, like, how do you even, how do you even do that, and like, I think it's when you When you watch the film now, having as you pointed out, going through lockdown, like it's it's probably the closest a lot of us will ever identify. You'd hope, anyway. You know (laughs) that level of kind of isolation slash prison slash institutionalized. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: like it's the idea of something being. I love when Morgan Freeman says, "Like I don't know how I deal with the Pacific. It's so big." And like, mm. that's, I'm nearly at the point now is that, cause I, like I went on maternity leave in December of 2019 and I basically haven't left the house since like, obviously I've been out and about, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And I am at the point now where I'm like, what's it like to go outside the county or like get on a plane? Like I haven't been in a plane in like two, over two years, like, and it's just, it is kind of daunting. And I was saying to my, uh, saying to my husband the other day as well, that like there's that thing of, um. I haven't been a first time mom in, in terms of like getting my child out of the house and like bringing her on trips or doing any of that kind of stuff that new moms do. Like she's literally been in the house with me all the time. So if I ever have another kid, I'm going to have to do, <laughs> go and do that process all over again. Like I've never, I've just never done it. Mm. And it's been this really weird experience. And that's, that's I love a bit more because the word is big and it, it does feel like that. It just feels like everything outside of here is just like so hard to take on, you know? Mm. And if- Kind of, it's, it's that for me. Sort of comes back to that, nearly a little bit of a kind
1: of a simbis, simplicity of it, like that sometimes may be overlooked, but they just do it really well. And like that scene you talked yeah. about as well, you know, where with, where they're having the beers on top of the on on the rooftop, like that for me is probably one of the best scenes in the entire movie. Like, and it's just so it's so simple, and you can like everyone kind of like can take a bit of enjoyment out of watching that. So I, I just yeah, I just wanted to mention that when you'd when you'd flagged it because it was probably. It's probably one of my favorite parts of the whole movie like
2: yeah
0: and that's the for me that's the signifier of any great television show or, or movie is if it can hit home with you regardless of what it's about like if, if you end up projecting the movie onto yourself it's done something right like we've spoken in the past about how the godfather manages to do that despite the fact that it's a gangster movie and nobody has any relation to these characters the same with the sopranos and it manages to do that i think Shawshank falls under that category as well. Like, we have got nothing in common with a banker from the 1940s in the United States. And yet, we feel all these really emotional, personal things about what they do and what they get up to in this movie.
1: I love as well, O'Murri, you know, there's, there's, there's this kind of part in it too where you're rooting for him like, he starts doing the governor's, um, you know, pension policies and and investments, and he's like, he's when he's roped everybody in on this, and and it's like, <laughs> you know, the cute local lad, like nobody's one's after, but it's kind of everyone can sort of identify with that sort of jackpot trade person yeah. that they know as well. Yeah. So yeah. You're, there's something kind of I don't know, I you kind of laugh. At I I find that really <laughs> entertaining.
0: Yeah, it's like it's. It's like a freelance journalist stumbling upon a really good accountant <laughs> yes. and somebody who can, you can do their taxes for them. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, and you can see us all talking, you know, go She he's really yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I love that about Andy though, because he just like, I love that his character, when you see him first, you're like, this guy is not going to survive in prison no. at all. Like he's so, he just got like, the word I wrote down was wimp. He just comes across as such a wimp at the start. And I love the bet that Freeman has that he thinks, you know, oh, he cost me whatever, how many packets of cigarettes he didn't make a sound that entire night. And then he just turns everything on its head all the way through because he's so, he actually is brave. Like everything he does is so brazen. And you're like, how is he going to get away with this stuff? Like the beer thing, the playing the music when he's not supposed to do that, like answering the warden back. You're like, oh my God, this guy is going to get absolutely annihilated. And I love that about him because everyone underestimates him all the way through the film all the way to the end, right to the end, they're still underestimating him and he still manages to to pull it out from under them. I just love that about his character. I think he's brilliant. You sort of forget the
1: opening scenes of the whole movie where he's like, just been accused of murder. (laughs) So And like, by the end of it then you're like, totally did it, you know? know, But you nearly forget why he's, it moves so far on from, how he ever ended up in prison in the first place. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? yeah. Do you think he did it? Oh, 100%. You think he did it? Yeah. Really? Oh yeah, 100%. There's no way he got away with all that stuff and Shawshank didn't do that.
2: There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> There's That's and I just like, I've never, I just assumed everyone thought he didn't do it. Oh no, 100% he did. <laughs>
0: All right, this is this is actually interesting. I actually kind of glossed over that there for a moment. Right, okay. So I think it's
1: funny because you watch the film and you completely forget, and you kind of are left at mm. the end going, "What? Like, whatever happened at the start again?" <laughs> you yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Kind of forget that, like.
0: So you don't, you don't believe the the guy Elmo with the weird laugh who owns up to it. So you think that he was just. Pretending to commit the murder just for the for the crack and <laughs> psychopath.
1: I don't think Andy is such a like. There's so many strands to him. Like as you were saying, Sue, there that you don't see and you utterly underestimate him throughout this entire movie. And he manages to like like do all the booking or the bookkeeping and the accountant and all the fraud and dig his way out of a prison.
2: Like I just think it's very believable that he could have done this. I just can't. I actually am so. I'm so shocked because I don't think I've ever encountered anyone who said he did it. Think, like,
0: <laughs> like this is this this is conspiracy theory stuff. This is this is really interesting. Like, like not that you say it. The man is clearly a psychopath. Like, <laughs> there's no way. Like, I think you're right. And
1: but I just. But even if he didn't, it's so it's so possible that he could. Like, I definitely don't think he's this. Like, I there's way more to him than we see in like from when you first meet him obviously and you get, as soon as you get to know him, it becomes more believable that he definitely could do it. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs>
0: like, ho- um, like, I mean, Shawshank Redemption uh, equals It? question mark yes, is so- going to be the name of this podcast because <laughs> so- like, like- this, is, this, is, this is brilliant stuff. Like, I, I guess <laughs> what, what, I w- what I would say to maybe challenge that a little bit is that you can be a psychopath and show serial killer tendencies without actually being a killer. Like, maybe he didn't actually do it, but he he maybe he wanted to do it. Well, he could have done it. Yeah, but I think he did want to do it. I think he probably establishes that, doesn't he, at the very start where he's like, I was waiting in the car. Wow. This is... Who knew
2: there was so much to this? We'll have to do a second
0: run. 100%.
2: I'm sure he watched it again. I feel like I've missed something.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: I've missed all it this is. is.
1: Part of how you watch it, and like, you you nearly forget about it. Like, it's like, it it's happened so early on at the start. I know there's bits throughout the movie or whatever, but it's not like it's like that should be nearly in a normal film, that would be the the whole plot of the movie would be that nearly. And yet that becomes such a side feature of it. Like
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, the the thing we, we also wanted to touch on here is some of the really grim moments. And I know like so you've got your Tears Diary. I think you've also got a log of really grim things that happen here because I don't know about you, Andrea, but like i, I guess I'd only watched it once before you watching it for this. But I would have definitely thought Shawshank was like PG, uh, bordering on general, uh, universal sort of standard. And like rewatching it, I'm like, not a hope. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I'm like, would you show this to a child? I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would no. personally. It's, well, maybe you would, but it's just unbelievably grim, and it, and it's got a lot, a lot of darkness to it that I just didn't recall the first time.
1: Yeah, I, I was trying to think about that. I, as I said to you, I I think I was around thirteen, maybe mm. twelve or thirteen. It must have been probably more like thirteen, maybe when I saw it. It was definitely early, or very early days in secondary school. But I would have, I would have assumed it was like older than that would have been the the rating for a movie like this because there, there is there's definitely a couple of like violent scenes in it. Like, so I would have assumed what is it? Sue?
2: I don't know. I think it might be 18s, actually. Is it? Well there's I mean the rape scenes would uh certainly lend me to believe that it would be
0: <laughs> yeah without being visceral though i guess is is pro- like that that's kind of where i would actually kind of
1: yeah it <laughs> should be like
0: yeah like change when i like i, I that guess option yeah um i don't know i like I, I think that it like some of the content is like the sure, or it's
2: but it's rated r in the states so restrictive viewing right
0: so probably like, about what... 15s what for you are the moments that are like, hold on a minute, this is actually more grim than I realized. Me? Yeah.
2: I think the, like the sister's thing at the start, like I, so I, I think i was saying this to you before, the redemption is so unbelievable at the end that you just forget everything that's come before. And when you go back and rewatch it, you're like, oh my God, what this guy goes through is absolutely unbelievable. The sister is going after him constantly, beating him up, and then he said, uh, like, Morgan Freeman says, oh, you know, they went after Andy for two years. And you're like, two years? Think about that. Like, he's in a prison for two years, getting constantly beaten up and abused. I think that's, like, particularly grim. Mm. Um, like, they, they, when he goes to see the warden, that poor guy, Tommy, <laughs> like, that absolutely kills me every time I think about it. Like he was probably just trying to do the right thing. This guy's helping him do exams. He quite likes him. He's heard a story, he tells him and he gets shot for it. And you're just like, mm-hmm. when are they going to let that? I think, I think what really hit home for me is when you're watching it first, the first time they go in and there's that guy, um, they all have bets on who's going to break first. And there's the guy across the way, who's like crying saying, I can't be in here and this isn't me. And he gets beaten up uh, pretty, ba- pretty badly. And then they find it the next day, that he's died and you're like, right, okay, this is where I am. This is yeah. this kind of film. Like, it's not, they're not going to knock over this. Like, that's pretty shocking. Like, I completely forgot that guy died. I remember the the, the scene, but I completely forgot about the conversation the next morning where they say, yeah, yeah, like, nobody came to him during the night. He, he died by the time anyone made it to him. They're like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> it's just, there's nothing, like you were saying about Orange is the New Black, Andre. Like, there's so many, like, redeeming, yeah Not redeeming them, but there's 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 like nice bits in that it it they really they really give you all the grim stuff that happens to the prisoners, and mm. they really make out the prisoners the prison guards to be such villains like i yeah you utterly
1: like you know it's normally I suppose those kind of movies are more like the good guys and the bad guys and like in this you know and I know you said it earlier like you're totally you're like. Shout at the TV for the prisoners in this case, like because the, the prison officers are just the characters are so unlikable throughout the whole throughout the whole movie. Like except for the governor, there is a part at the start where you do kind of like the governor or the warden. At
0: the, at the start, prison. yeah. At the start, but yeah, uh, and then um, and then
1: <laughs> and then. <laughs> I, feel, I feel having chat, having spoken to you today, my, my whole emotion <laughs> around this movie has actually changed.
2: <laughs> but I, I felt that is, but This is exactly the same thing I had Because when I went to I was like, oh, Shawshank, yes And then I was like, All right, I'm going to take And obviously I've never actually sat down And taken notes on Shawshank While yeah. I was watching it And as I was taking the notes I was like, this is a really brutal film Like, it's really difficult to watch. And it was funny when I was writing it down And I was like, right, so he gets constantly abused And then he gets put in the hole a couple of times A couple of guys die And I was like, right, okay This is actually just really depressing
0: mm. <laughs> Yeah, no. Probably really...
1: Our advice in all of this would be maybe don't um, take maybe do watch it initially. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Probably when I was a kid watching it or a teenager watching it early days, like it's you you don't watch it like that. Like you know, probably there's a violent scene. You know, I would have been hiding my head behind a cushion or you know what I mean. Like you're not watching it in the same way as you do obviously when you're when you're older. Like. Yeah, my and step. I
2: definitely think think this. Um, I I say this is the dad film because the first time I watched it was with my dad. And really, I, dads love this film. There's something yeah. that's a real life <laughs> yeah moment. Yeah. yeah, there you
0: go.
2: But like, I don't know. I just I mm. definitely think it, it. Like on rewatches, it just it it just takes a different. You for, the 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 thing about like where you can join it at any stage you kind of forget how many when you joined up how many bad parts are by the time he gets there. and you really feel when you really pay attention to it you really feel the redemption then because you're like thanks feet to fucking god he's have to get out of there like that place is awful yeah that's the way i felt when i was watching it this time you know
0: well, what 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 do you like so what other aspects is there when you talk about like it, it being a, a dad movie then so well, like what what do you refer to there
2: I think it's the like Andrea was saying before, it's the loyalty and the friendship between the, the two guys. And like men are so bad at um like I, I'm gonna my dad's gonna freaking kill me for talking about him on this, but like my dad's one of those guys who gets about three or four points in and he loves everyone and he's just like, <laughs> Oh, that you're my best friend, like he, and you know. Um, I'm you sorry my dad's uh, friend one of his really good friends passed away a few years ago and he'd only ever talk about him when he was drunk like when he was like on oh my, my bed. and I think that's what it like it just allows men to talk about that or to think about it a little bit in terms of what their friendships are like and I don't know why why particularly it's dads but it's it just it just definitely feels like a dad film to me it also it's the kind of the, the the
1: relationship like the bond that develops between between these two really unlikely characters you know that would never have happened on the outside and the kind of the taking them in and looking out for him a bit and like, like I don't know what it is like I, I don't know why my dad actually ever liked it initially because it's kind of not something he would probably have gone for <laughs> when I think back now but like it was I remember he really wanted to see it and I remember like me probably you know agitating to get watching it with him and then watching the movie and we watched it on so many occasions and we watched it like not terribly long before he actually before he died and I don't know how it came about. we used to watch movies on a Saturday night and one night we're like oh we'll just stick this on and we were chatting about it afterwards and we're kind of like isn't it kind of mad how when you watch it in later years like how it's you, you sort of you're so nearly like you know in love with the bat the the prisoners in it and they're the good guys and like it's just there's a, I don't know maybe that's why I feel it's a bit um, I don't know, maybe uplifting isn't the right word, but probably that's where maybe I got
2: that <laughs> that feeling for it, emotion for it from. No, it definitely it leaves you with a feeling of being uplifted though, like the whole with them. I love to think of Andy Dufresne and Red living out their days in this lovely beach with their boat and their hotel, and they like, have as many cigarettes as they want. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, I, so I love weird. that. Love that idea. <laughs>
0: It, it, I wonder, Andrea, as well. Like that. That I, I suppose you watched this within a couple of years ago, and maybe there's a part of that feeling whenever you watch for the first time, whatever it was, the late '90s, and knowing that you left that movie feeling hopeful and feeling good about life at the end of Shawshank. think like everybody does. And if you're watching it down the line, you're thinking of childhood happiness, which is essentially what, what yeah. you were. You were a child and feeling happy yeah. after watching a movie. And there's a nostalgic, there's a nostalgic trip to rewatching it in that sort of setting from your perspective, I'd imagine.
1: Oh, definitely. And I suppose particularly when I watched it maybe in the last kind of two years or two and a half years, say, with that, like, yeah, maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe there was like, obviously, the, you know, nostalgia looking back at early days watching it kind of then watching it nearly at the, you know, probably towards the end of his life and us rewatching this thing we'd watched together initially, like maybe that's probably a huge component of it as well for me, like, um but it was something, I know we, we watched it quite a bit in between, and I don't know why, was it that it used to be on at Christmas or, I don't even know if it was, like, I don't know, maybe we used to have it on one of the, t- on the table <laughs> over
2: something, I don't know, Netflix. It's always, it's one of those films that's always on as well because they got it cheap as chips to be able to show it like. Mm. So they were just able uh-huh. to show it, yeah. So they were able <laughs> to show it so many times over and over. And I think that um there was like an unreal amount of uh, video cassettes sent out when it was first issued. like So it was just one of those ones that always seemed like it was really cheap to rent or really cheap to buy and right did the rounds massively because everyone wanted to see it because everyone was talking about this film. Morgan Freeman was talking about that in a Graham Norton interview. He was like... Um, movie companies have yet to realize that the big marketing tool is is word of mouth, and that like everyone just talking about this film made it the biggest film of all time, which is unbelievable. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: we well, have um, a video shop in at home in Ballyshannon in Donegal called the Video Shop, and like you go in there <laughs> on Saturday night, and you know you'd you'd rent. We used to rent like two films. We were allowed to get like you know you got like the real film, which might be your Shawshank Redemption, and then you'd get your like silly comedy or something that you'd watch. In advance, like you know, your yeah.
0: The main before the main event
1: season (laughs) or something as well to watch with it. So um, your two
2: movies, yeah. The uh, video uh, stopped Valley yeah. <laughs> And it was actually one of the like I worked in Extravision for like four years and it was one of the films like there was a kind of rotating group of films that you put on that didn't actually take that much like for, of you to watch but you could tune into scenes Shawshank was one of them Old School was randomly another one Scooter Rock was another one like there were Great just up. ones that, <laughs> that you could just put on in the background and everyone kind of liked and if they came like, like the big people come in and you'd see them just like read a, a TVs that were in the the thing and they'd just like stand there watching <laughs> watching like Shawshank <laughs> redemption in the middle of the shop <laughs> but it is definitely what like you could just join it at any point like yeah, yeah. funny as well it's not a film i'd like to watch in a
0: movie, in a cinema right really. why not
1: yeah i don't know i i just think on big screen it's not i just prefer to see it in like at home like i think it's true there's some movies are just really lend themselves to the cinema like i don't think it
0: does and some movies really lend themselves to television and i think yeah. shawshank really does that
2: yeah it's just a kind of a i don't know it's like a small yeah it feels like an extended tv movie like a, a better tv movie yeah <laughs> definitely
0: there there are, there are um, a couple of other questions we want to get to before that though there is a couple of nuggets here and there we haven't got to see there's like yeah, um, in the in the, the film buff section here where you inform us on everything that we don't know about shawshank redemption yeah, there was I a, <laughs> there's there's a, a lot of there's a lot of good stuff here like talk to us about Red I mean there's there's like you've read the Stephen King novella here uh, educate us on Red
2: yeah my dad um picked up the Stephen King book age. And my dad's one of these people that loves going into second hand, shops and picking up absolutely everything. But he's a massive, he'll never admit it. He's a massive Stephen King fan. And, um, he picked that up and I thought it was a book. I didn't realize it was like a, a short story. And it's like a basic collection. Cause on the front of it is the, the picture from Shawshank when he gets out of the prison. And, um, like, it's just so short, like it's kind of really disappointing when you watch the film and you go to this, cause you're expecting everything from the film to be in this book. And it's yeah. not because it's so short, but Red is um, Red is accused of killing his wife and his daughter, which they obviously don't uh, deal with in the film at all. And I like I I think consciously because they don't want you to think of Red as like a bad guy who's going to kill his wife and his daughter. He loses in a poker game and he kills them. As far as I remember, no, it's years ago since I read it. And uh, he's Irish, in it. so he's white and he has red hair and he's a, an Irish guy, and that's why you know the, the scene where he's like throwing the baseball and he's like why do they call you red and he's like oh because maybe it's because i'm irish that's that's the nod to it but i just i really like that about the what they did like they really went for the best character they thought red could be so they went for the morgan freeman and they went for the great voiceover and they didn't stick to what he is in the book and like sorry side point actually that scene where he's doing the baseball thing for he did it for like nine hours straight trying to shoot that scene and didn't complain any of the way through. Morgan Freeman didn't complain any of the way through it and the next day he turned up in a sling because his arm was so sore from just like constantly no throwing way. a baseball for like nine hours. <laughs> like,
0: How did it take them so, so long?
2: I, because they I kept reshooting the scenes. They had to reset and I presume it's to do with lighting and all that kind of stuff but it took them ages to shoot that scene and his arm was practically dead by the end of the scene. Like, Wow. So yeah, it's just a, a red side point but that's what I, I love that they just committed to the best interpretation of that character and that Stephen King loves that as well like he loves this, he always considers this the best adaptation of any of his books and I love that about Red, I just think he's a he's a, I think he was a bad guy and he definitely atones whereas you have Andy who now we think is a murderer but (laughs) just kind of gets away with it you know
0: (laughs) Like we're never we're never going to get over this revelation here. No. I mean, I've, uh, like this has been. Uh,
2: I'd
1: like to point out again. I'm I'm really not a big movie bobsy. <laughs> you know, this is my like this is my uh my Peter's pub chat <laughs> <laughs> that you're hearing now on podcast. <laughs> um,
0: there are a couple of other things we want to get to. First of all, we never asked you to top here, Andrea. How many times have you actually seen Shawshank? If you had to put a rough number on it,
1: um. I'd say about six or seven.
0: Six or seven.
1: Yeah, and I'd say the most recent, aside from obviously now before this week, I'd say it was probably, yeah, the last time actually prior to that would have been with my dad. So that would have been two and a half years ago, I'd say. Right. But I'd say, yeah, I'd say easy. I'd say easy six, seven times, yeah.
0: And I know we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but if you had to pick one thing that changes with you down through the years, down through those six or seven watches of the movie, what would that one thing be?
1: <laughs> I realised Auntie Dufrain didn't Well <laughs> 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 uh, rephrase that was I think was certainly capable anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the well for it kind of the the loyalty aspect of it for me was probably the the big thing that struck me down through the years, or maybe maybe I just realised that. Maybe initially watching it, I probably didn't. But I think um, the loyalty element of it, yeah, in more in more recent years, would have been probably the theme that kind of struck me more than I that I never really noticed before, or certainly hadn't paid a huge amount of attention to.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the last question. This is important. the, the on the TV test uh quiz here or well, that's not really a quiz it's just a yes or no answer well if it's on the tv are you watching it and th- this is basically if it's on and you've missed the first half an hour if it's on you missed the first two hours of it are you watching the rest of it is it one of those that you can just watch a section of and sit up and get away from it again
1: 100 percent. yeah absolutely if i went home now and was flicking through and it came on i'd be like oh i'm shooting here <laughs> it's like, you still get that surprise when he throws the uh the stone (laughs) on the poster (laughs) and And it's just I just think it's really well done everything about it like the whole thing is nearly set in the prison and it's just like but I think it's just the contrast has maybe been so different to every other film like that that maybe that's kind of what makes it I don't know probably I don't want to say easy watch but like there is something about the film i think that makes it sort of easy to watch and to and to re-watch but i i definitely would be able to watch it for an eighth ninth and tenth time anyway i
0: 100 percent agree with that i think that so we've got this thing that we do as well called the hangover rating uh, and I, I think a lot of things like basically would you watch the movie hungover and a lot, a lot of what happens in the movie shouldn't uh, be conducive to a hangover movie but i actually don't think so i think i think i'd put this on uh, I put this at an eight point seven out of ten uh, on uh, the hangover <laughs> scale to be honest because it is so easy watching it yes, there's a lot of grim things that happen, but it is really uplifting i think uh, yeah. i think it's I think it's totally watchable in that state oh
1: completely absolutely
2: I, or, i'm no i wouldn't really, i can't I can't do it it's too emotional for me like I'm a really bad like emotional hangover person, so like I just sit there absolutely. Be all <laughs> In tears, it just like I have to have something that's like in some way like I suppose if I could just watch it from the bit where he gets out, I'd be fine. But, like, <laughs> up to that point, it's just too much the where they're on the beach. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Just the nice bits. <laughs> All will be well.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get it on RT one plus one and start watching it an hour late on RT one yeah. plus yeah Absolutely fine. Um Andrea, thanks so much for joining us. We've established- We've established loads of it. There are seven moments where you can break down crying in it and that this is actually a who done it. This is actually a true crime movie and it's not a story of...
1: I'm well, I, 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 really, you know, strictly following Line of Duty at the moment and everybody tells me I should be in AC-12. So, like, this is my AC-12 moment starting with Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: a good one. You're going to be remembered for it. <laughs>
0: Uh, this has been uh, Let's Go Back To this has obviously been with uh, the Shawshank Redemption we've been looking back on that we've also done episodes on Ferris Peters Day Off and The Dark Knight and there's plenty more to come you can follow us on Twitter you can can drop us a DM or drop us a tweet if you've got any suggestions of things you want us to go back and watch we have of course been joined by Andrea Gilligan host of News Talks Lunchtime Live Andrea take care thank you very much for joining us thank you
2: guys
1: Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Loud app.